Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast. Dad, it's so good to have you back. Back after Iceland and Ireland and traveling all over. It was great. It was crazy, and I've been promising everybody that we would talk about it, um, and yeah. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> um, and I also read off this list of Irish companies that our amazing Irish listeners sent in to us. So that's kind of where we are for everybody who's been following through the summer, and I think we'll kind of see where we go from here. So as I said, like, I don't know quite how to choose from that list and that's why I gave the list to everybody listening because I thought it was interesting to hear like how other people choose Mm -hmm. so dad we can talk about that we can talk about our summer vacation (laughs) we can do whatever we want what are you feeling I think we should talk about this list I think we should talk about how do you get into this from the point of view in, in my case of an American investor looking at companies that are in different countries where they're not putting up data through some data compiling service like Moonstar or whatever. Yes. Right? Yes. So I don't have these companies in my toolbox. They're not there. Right. Exactly. And this is what I think is so interesting. I'm really glad we're doing it is We have so many listeners who are not American and don't live in the U.S. And we have lots of American listeners who live in the U.S. And in both situations, looking at companies that are not as easily accessible through the U.S. website, so much stock investing stuff is U.S. based. So like the U.S. websites naturally focus on U.S. companies. Also, the SEC is really good about putting out info versus and there's just one versus like for European companies, there are multiple stock exchanges, like in, I mean, across Europe, like there's usually one in each country. There are, um, there's the EU regulators, there's the individual company regulators, like it gets complicated. And so I think, I remember one of my first questions to you when we first started this was like, what do you mean by the market? (laughs) Cause everyone kept saying the market. And the answer was basically the U.S. market. And so I think it's uh, it's the default. And I'm very curious on how you go about looking at non-American companies. I know how I do it, and it's sort of like slapdash. So, yeah. So if like if like we were sitting at dinner and I said to you, Dad, here are three companies that you've never heard of. So I'm going to give you company X, company Y and company Z. And I think they're fascinating and you should definitely look into them and they're not American. Like what's the next step? 
Like literally what's you go home or you pull up your phone and like what happens? Well, I think the first thing is to be very glad um, that we can invest internationally now um, because we can get information internationally that mm-hmm. would have been very hard to come by um, when I started investing. But now pretty much everything for, for a good company is going to be on the Internet. You, In other words, a, a good company is going to typically be something large enough to be public. Um, and by definition, that's all we can invest in as mm-hmm investors in public stocks. So we have to begin with that. We Google the name of the company and then investor relations. So that little starting point gets us pretty quickly to whether or not they're a public company, which is fundamental to whether or not we're going to spend any time looking at them. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So company X, company Y, and company Z are all public. Okay. And let's say they're all from European countries. Yeah, let's say let's say they're Irish for some strange for reason. Some, We're looking at Irish. Who knows why? I can't even imagine. Yes. Can't imagine why. <laughs> love. I'm in love with Ireland, by the way. It's a fantastic country. <laughs> um, so, you know, the first thing is uh, to see that they're actually public. So, when the information comes back from Google that they are a public company, it'll come back in the form of some sort of investors tab it'll it'll say the name of the company and then investors or investor relations it'll say something that'll indicate that there is a place to go as an investor Mm -hmm. and if they don't have that uh, i think just move on because they're pretty Mm -hmm. unsophisticated Mm -hmm. so then we're going to click on that just click on that little thing right there and we're going to try to find the next thing which is and typically right now you're on a specific website that is designed to teach you about the company. Often so now you're a, on the company website. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you're often on the company website that's designed to teach you information about the company and maybe not the retail website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you're not on some third-party website and data. No, no, I don't mean you're on Amazon. I mean, a lot of companies like have a website where you go to buy stuff from their company. Yeah. To buy stuff retail. And you can't find investor information on it, right? Right, right. Because they don't want their so so far it's pretty much the same. You're just looking at the company investor relations. Yeah. So now you're there. Do you guys want me to know? Now, what I want to do is I want to know about this company. Where is it from? What? Where did? How did it get going? Because I want to get a sense of whether I can understand this business right away. So I'm not going to dig into the numbers yet. I'm not going to look to see if it's on sale yet. What I want to know is, is this thing that could be something in my wheelhouse, could this be something I should be interested in? And so on everybody's website, almost everybody, you'll see an about page, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or something like that. And it'll say our business, uh, it might say our purpose. It might, it, whatever. It's going to be the place that I would start to try to understand what these guys are all about. And what I'm looking for is something, most companies will put on something about their history. You know, Here, one, one company I'm looking at right now, this is Glanbia, which is a company that was suggested by, I guess, some of the folks that were from Ireland that are our students, is that right? You sent listeners. me over a list and Glanbia's on it. Listeners, yeah. Okay, that these one are listeners came from, from Paul. Okay, cool. So. I'll go over there and, and sure enough, I see that Glanbia has an about page and it has something called Our Journey. 
And that is a great place to start diving into the business. And what you're out to do now is to figure out, do I like these guys? Do I like what they're doing? Um, do I feel connected to it in some way? Because, uh, you know, I want to understand the business, but also I've taught you for years that I want my values to line up with this company. And it's so key to me that I'm not buying companies that I don't respect or who are doing things I don't think are good. And so I want to vote my money uh, where my values are. And so I'm looking right away from the very beginning what sort of values do these guys express? Now, this is potentially a little minefield because a lot of companies express values they don't actually exhibit. They put them down in their website, but they don't actually do them. But we'll get to that as we go, right? Yeah. What we got to start with is what they're saying about themselves. Can I ask a few questions about sure. the process? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, number one, you went straight to the company website. Mm-hmm. Why not look for other sources first like why straight to the company website like why not Uh, find a a european focused uh stock website that has data about them or uh, summaries etc well if i knew of one i could probably do that in other words if there's like a seeking alpha for european companies in fact maybe seeking alpha is for european companies i don't even know um but i'm not going to go to a wiki page about it okay yeah I, I, that might not even tell me if they're public or not yeah, so yeah, yeah. let's let's take a look just curious if if seeking alpha in fact they have a lot of stuff seeking alpha about non-american companies they're actually pretty good about that okay well, i'm gonna log in real quick here um and then so you dove straight in i think because we sort of because we caveated that it, they were irish companies and you like ireland but what component because we talked about this before and you were pretty like anti many sort of unstable countries so what component in that initial thought process does the country of that company come in like if you looked up company y and company y is from spain are you like, oh, okay, I don't really know much about Spain. I'm not even going to look at this company because I don't want to, that's not already not in my circle of competence. Or is it like, I probably could, you know, maybe it's a company that is in an industry that I know and the Spanish part is somewhat secondary to that. Just kind of what's your thought process around country before company? Right. So I've got countries that are sort of definitely on my do not buy here list. Mm Mm-hmm. China leading the list of that. Um, and, you know, clearly Russia. And clearly the list changes. Yeah, it's like it, can, it can change um, depending on what goes on in these countries. And we try to anticipate that and we get it wrong. We're just out of there. So there are countries where I would be very skeptical of investing in. Mm-hmm. Um, there come, and so that's sort of the, the list would be like, I'm not going to invest in these countries. Then there's countries I'm skeptical of investing in them. Mm-hmm. Right. There's entire continents I'd be skeptical of investing in. So um, just because the the sort of lack of, of knowledge about that continent and about those countries specifically would mean a major, major research project, probably getting on an airplane. Um, and it would have to be a spectacular con- company. And my gut is that if it's a spectacular company coming out of let's just say Africa or the Middle East or 
um, South America. I, there's a lot of places I don't know a lot about and would be skeptical of investing in. Yeah. And then, it, but I think if it's a great company, it's going to land on stock exchanges that are much more international. It's going to it's going to put itself on, for example, the U.S. stock exchange, which you know it could well do. How so, about a country that's maybe not in that those sorts of categories, but just a country that's like a first world country, European country that uh, you just don't know much about? I'm asking this because this is something I think about with every non-American, non-Swiss company that comes up somehow for me. So well, like what we're looking for is a Norwegian company. Like I remember there was a Norwegian company before COVID that I was looking at and I was like, this is a really interesting company. I've never been to Norway. I don't know anything about Norway. How can I even be confident enough that this is in my circle of competence that I can really know enough about this company without knowing anything about like where it comes from or its situation. And yet you could say, well, it's Norway. It's like probably fine <laughs> just by reputation. Like, how do you think about that? Well, I think first off is just stability, right? You're looking at predictability when you're looking to buy a business, you're looking to buy a business that's going to be around for a long, 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 long time. Yeah. And so if you're in an unstable political environment, that would be a big red flag. So if you're using Norway as an example, how stable is the Norwegian government? How stable are the Norwegian people? Are they in the middle of revolting? Are they having, do they have a history of revolt? Do they have a history of stability? You know, you're looking for that. Yeah. And so I can say as sort of a general person in the world, Norway's stable. But do I need to go as an investor before I buy that company? Do I need to go and learn about their parliament and their political system and like like I guess sort of maybe there isn't an answer to this but no I think that that's reasonable I don't think it's that something that, that an I've enormous amount of effort you know to just yeah, look into so. their history political history of Norway should be fun to look, look at um, and just in the process of learning about this company you're going to learn a lot about Norway right no doubt right right another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So you need to know, for example, is there political risk in a business like this in Norway? Could they shut this business down because they don't like what it does? Yeah. Is there something going on that would indicate that, you know, this is, are there, are there labor problems going on in Norway that mean the company is going to struggle, right? Because there's maybe a massive socialism Or have they put their financial system into massive levels of risk and the country could implode in a way that Ireland and Iceland have done. Right. And then, of course, the currency that you're owning the business in would be extremely important. And the currency that the business is doing business in is extremely important. So, yes, for example, exactly. if you were to invest in, in Turkey, you're looking at a country that's going through a lot of political turmoil and, um, and a lot of religious turmoil going mm-hmm. through really a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on in Turkey. Huge depreciation of its currency, the lira. 
And yet you could buy, potentially buy a few companies in Turkey. I mean, Manesh Pabrai did. Mm-hmm. Matt Peterson did. Mm-hmm. Um, which do all their business in euros or dollars. And they're not being affected or they're actually being affected in a good way by the uh, inflation in, in the country. So, um, yeah, you got to take it into consideration. Absolutely. And the more sort of on the edge the country is, the more on the edge your investment's going to be. I mean, I love India, for example. I mean, I've spent time in India. You spent time in India. Have a real affinity for Indian philosophy and and the Hindu religion. And um, Indian people are just some of the greatest people in the world. And so I have a natural desire to find something in India to invest in. And there's some huge international companies in India operating out of Indian headquarters. And, um, and what I'm looking at, the only thing sort of holding me back from that is, well, two things. One, one of my good friends really did some serious investing in India and it nearly destroyed his fund because things just mm. didn't work the way he thought they would. Yeah. Um, with the Indian economy. And, um, and so, and then the, the other major thing is where, where is it going? Is it getting more stable? It looks like it is right. They're getting more productive. Uh, what's the, what are the general problems coming in India? So India is one of these countries that could be the new China. And I'd very much want to invest in the new China, especially if it's a democracy and not headed for, you know, some sort of fascist government like China is. And so, yeah, I mean, India also really made it almost impossible. This may have changed, but they also made it almost impossible for non-Indian investors to invest in Indian companies. And when I was practicing law, I was trying to figure out why we didn't have any Indian offices uh, of our law firm, and it's because foreigners couldn't invest there, so there were, there was no need for American lawyers. So, so invest in Indian private com- companies. As yeah. opposed to public. Yes, correct. Private. Right, yeah. Right. Right. So they're controlling who owns their country in large yeah. large yeah, regard. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is definitely something you have to look at. Is this country, you know, trying to protect its assets, in which case it might not want or welcome foreign capital. Yeah. And um, that might restrict the growth that could happen there. So yeah, you, you definitely want to look at this stuff. Um, and so the, the more stable, the more the economic system corresponds to capitalism, the more history that it has, the easier it is for us to give it a green light. And that means obviously there's a big affinity toward Europe Mm -hmm. since they have, you know, a long history of capitalism and a long history of stability, economic prosperity, growth, um, and uh, by the way, the language is important. It's all, it's it's pretty scary if you are investing in a country and all of the documents are in some foreign language, including all of the reports about your company. That that could be a real problem, right? I mean, scary. Me I think cold. that's a yeah, exactly. <laughs> you spend a lot of time on Google Translate trying to figure out what's going on there, which I would um, not depend on. It's, it's a whole thing just, I mean, it doesn't sound like it'd be hard, but it's a whole thing just to keep track of where you are if the currency isn't one of the big currencies in the world, like the euro or the yen mm-hmm. uh, or the dollar. You know, if they're in Turkish lira, man, you got you to gotta follow the relationship between the Turkish lira and the dollar that you're using to invest with. Your investment could be going up 
in lira and going down in dollars because the lira is falling against mm. the dollar. So you have to watch out for that too. Yeah. Okay. So those are those are all some some major issues that you are good to bring up. Well, um, I mean, just in terms of process, these are questions I've had for myself. Do I go? Do I do what we've done straight to the company? Do I like it? Does it suit my values? What are the numbers? You know, or is there this? And then and then decide about like, is the currency cool with me? Do I like the country? Do I know enough about it? You know, blah, blah, blah. Or does that sort of overlay that initial bit? And if I'm not cool with the currency, then don't even bother going to find out even like what the company does. <laughs> I think I think what the company does and the currency and the, the country it's in are all going to kind of come together in this initial search, right? Okay. So when you get to the about page, you're going to discover like, you know, you throw me a company like, <laughs> so like you're saying you're thinking this, you're overthinking this way too much. Yeah, Maybe a little too much detail, <laughs> right? About where exactly one starts the next moment. And the, you know, understanding the business is a very subjective thing, right? It definitely is. Mm. So let's just start somewhere. And okay. starting somewhere means to me, get to the about page, get to the history of the company, and you're going to get a pretty good idea of first, what country you're actually investing in, you know, where's their headquarters and how did they get to this place where they're public and you're at all interested? Why did somebody even bring this up uh, to, to me? And a lot yeah, of that exactly. is exactly. on the How website. are they big enough to even be talked about yeah. outside of their own country? Exactly. And all, you're going to find out a ton of that on the about page. Now, given your suggestion that maybe Seeking Alpha has compiled stuff or something like it overseas. If you guys have similar websites to Seeking Alpha overseas or overseas, that would be international to the U.S., I'd love to know about them uh, because Seeking Alpha is a very, very good resource. It's a subscription site, and we've been talking about it for years. And indeed, Glanbia is in there. So that's fabulous. Now, I would still do Glambia's about page and history first and gather off their internet site what they think about themselves, what they think their good points are. And of course, as I'm trying to understand the business, I'm also thinking in terms of, well, okay, well, what's their moat? You know, what niche? So I'm thinking about all of that. What's their management team? All of the three major things that I, I know I have to do, mm -hmm. uh, understanding the business, know that it's got a moat and it's got good management, are all part of this early process. Mm -hmm. So we're all just kind of looking at it. And, um, and then I would definitely pop over to Seeking Alpha and get a glimpse of what other people think about it, what analysts think about it. Um, I'm looking at that right now and it's going, oh, well, Glambia, name to play the U.S. nutrition market. What? Uh, another one. Glambia needs to be on your radar. What? What? <laughs> right. So those are those are triggering my you know reflex. Uh, Glambia's growth will receive more fuel with the latest acquisition, and so now we go. Now we go, and okay. we just start digging, diving in, and reading. This is so much fun at this point. Yeah, that's the yeah, and that's surface. the kind of the the normal part, right? Yeah, this is the um, surface stuff. Okay, so wait, we need to go back for my overthinking a little bit more. Okay, okay, so I hand you the list of, in this situation, 10 Irish companies, or my imaginary three companies. Mm -hmm. 
And you just now in real life, you started with the first one on the list. Mm -hmm. Like you didn't even really read through the list. You just were like, first one, Glanvia. Yeah, I, I sketched that, through the list. I saw Ryanair on there, which I know something about. So, you know. I know, that's the one. Start with Glambia. That's the one I saw. I was like, <laughs> that one, everybody knows everybody the pain knows about of that one. Um, and Carrie Gold, that was the other one. I was like, their butter is really good. <laughs> yeah, their butter is really good. Um, yeah. But how do you how do you deal with a list i guess that's the question what's the you know recommended way to deal with a list do you look through it and try to pick out like oh i want to start with this one because it's something like it's in an industry that i'm familiar with or is it just kind of like i'm just going to go through these bang 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 and see which one grabs my interest and, and i'm going to look at all of them just really quickly i honestly do both like a, a list I typically will get would not be a list from, you know, people who are listening to the podcast so much as a list of companies that gurus I respect are buying. So that'd mm-hmm. be a list that I look at every quarter. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so just looking at the list, I'm going to just scan down to see if there's anything on there I already know about. Yeah, that's right. a, I didn't put that connection together, but you're exactly right. Oh, I'm having a mega like <laughs> it's all coming together moment. Yes, the 13F lists. Sure. Exactly the same even down to like even down to like uh, I don't even know what I'm 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 in such shock. Well, yes. It's not it's not down to the stuff we're I dealing was, with here which is international. I was going to say it's not down to that. I was like getting stuck no, on that. Not, exactly. They're not going to put they're not going to put international stuff on there because they don't have to. Correct. So we're not going to see that um, unless they just feel like it and feel like they should. So um yeah, so we'll miss out on the harder job. Right? If they're if they're American listed companies, they're going to have all that Financial detail will be highly available to us, mm-hmm. typically in some kind of compiled form. And for me, that means typically they're already going to be on my website, the toolbox, which mm-hmm. I built precisely for this. So that would be my shortcut. Now, with international companies that are not making that list, then we're, we're going to have to dig a little deeper, right? We're going we're gonna to have to create the financial analysis that gets created on the toolbox for me. Uh, we're going to have to look historically at numbers that are going to be harder to, to get to. Um, and that's, that's going to take some doing because they may not have 15 years of data readily available for me to scan through, which is so great about most American companies I'm interested in. They got a ton of data. I might have to build a spreadsheet here. And yeah, well, and I can tell you from experience. You build your whole spreadsheet and then you realize you put it all in in dollars because that's the default. And it was all (laughs) supposed to be euros the whole time. And some of those conversions didn't work out and you have to start over. It's not a good moment. Sounds like a a real problem. What I do with a list is I like open up, let's say it's the three companies. I open up three tabs and I in my browser and then I just open all of them all at once and I try to see just like which one is more interesting to me and then I go and I read a little more about the one that's more interesting 
How nothing about that? Wrong with that. There's okay. nothing wrong with that. Just, yeah, make it fun. This is mo- the most fun thing that I think we do. Well, I love all the stuff we do. I love, I, I tell you all the fun things we do. We are great. And the whole, the whole thing I do all day long is great. I really enjoy it. It's one of the reasons that doing what I do, you know, nobody retires really. They all just sort of keep doing it forever. Uh, <laughs> because it's fun. It's fun to look about, at Glanbia and yeah. go, okay, now I feel like, and this might help you guys think about this. It might help you, Danielle, to think this way. Think about yourself now as a reporter. You're a reporter for the New York Times and your job is, hey, take a look at these 10 companies mm-hmm. and uh, write up a great article about them or pick one and write one about that. Mm-hmm. So you're on a fact-finding mission as a reporter and as a reporter you know that you need to be skeptical about what people tell you about what people write you know you got to you're going to have to dig in here and i think it's just really fun to to start that digging process that's the most fun part of it is starting in me too okay so so i imagine we will have some listeners who want to do their own digging so i'm going to read the list again dad how do you want to go forward how do we want to go forward so we could either like at random just pick one of these like you already picked glanbia and talk about that one or we could kind of we could i mean i'll probably do what i said i was going to do which is open up tabs for each one and just look at which ones are more interesting (laughs) to me um and then we could talk about a mystery one next time i don't know what do you feel like doing well, I feel like just starting in with Glanby and running down the list, just because cool. I would right off the bat, what I'm thinking is the nutrition industry is not 100% in my wheelhouse, but I do know something about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little skeptical about the industry. So I'd like to see if these guys have a niche in the industry that makes them super protected, you know? So right away, I'm going to I'm going to look at the history of the company. See if I like that. See if I like kind of what they're doing to develop their business. I have just in the brief moment that I looked at them, I, th- I think these guys developed their business by acquisition, right? Mm-hmm. Gambia's growth will receive more fuel with the latest acquisition. They're buying up companies in the nutrition industry, which might be a really good idea. There's a company in Canada that buys up software companies that are focused on publicly related software you know, guys that do software for the police and software for the fire departments. These little companies. This company has made a monster home run for hmm. 20 years of just buying up little Canadian software companies. What company is that? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I'm still oh. looking at it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'll tell, I'll tell you later. Cool. Good. You can look at it with me. Um, okay. Good. Glanbia next time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the most cursory look ever, and I'm mostly going to get excited about Irish companies, FYI. And I'm going to read the list for everybody else who doesn't want to look at Glambia. Carry Group, CRH, Kingspan, Ryanair, Smurfit Kappa, which I enjoy their name, uh, CRH again, Banks, Permanent TSB, AIB, and Bank of Ireland. And then this REIT, which we're not going to look at, so I'm not going to say that one again. And then Origin, but thank you very much, Paul, for that idea. And then Origin Enterprises. Yeah. From oh, well, Eli. We are going to have some fun here. 
yeah, it's a really cool list. And thanks again to our Irish listeners. It's so exciting to hear from you. You were all so excited about talking about Irish companies. Um, as I said, we got no Icelandic company suggestions from our probably many Icelandic listeners. <laughs> and, <laughs> Recalling um, so, that there's an entire 380,000 people who live there. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but I still definitely want to like talk about that. So uh, that's, it's in the back of my head and we'll find something to talk about with Iceland and, and their companies. Besides because my family. They certainly have a very interesting history yeah. in so, the world economy in the last 15 years, 20 years. So on to Glanbia and maybe quickly on to other things. If Blink, if Glandia doesn't hold up, Glanbia Agree. doesn't hold Agree. up. So it may not be worth any more of our time, yep. which and is remember, also the, a win. Which is also, that's what I wanted to say to wrap things up for me is that I go at this to get rid of things mm-hmm. as quickly as possible. And it's really mm-hmm. fun and knock them off. Because I don't want to spend time working on something that isn't going to work out. So if I can get to a no quickly, that's a win. And uh, we're just that much closer to the ones that are a yes. Love it. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next time. Bye. Time to go play. See you guys. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And I'm really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that. You're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only, and I really hope you enjoyed it.